Welcome to the Layers of Design and Life podcast. I'm Emma Merry, and together with my team, we specialise in creating amazing spaces for family homes, whether it be kitchens or bathrooms or a complete top-to-bottom renovation. Hello, and welcome to the Layers of Design and Life. With you, Emma Merry, And you, Charlotte DeLima. Oh, cringe. <laughs> Very cringe. So, today's podcast, we thought we'd discuss the product that we saw at Design Week, which was last week. But firstly, I just wanted to pick up on something we spoke about on Instagram. That post was blowing up for you, wasn't it? Yeah, I just, I think it kind of came off the back of a tough couple of weeks just generally doing our job. So, but before I go into it, I think you were going to read it out so anybody that hasn't seen it can have a listen. I know what we're talking about. Okay, so your post was about transparency behind design costs. It says, we don't just hold your home in our mind for the hour we initially work together. We spend hours researching and thinking about how to make the design better. Researching materials related to your personal style. We hold your design in our mind between sessions. We think about it outside of the studio when something reminds us of you. Your home lives rent-free in our minds until it's complete. So please believe us when you purchase a bespoke home design from us, we have given it all we've got. (laughs) all we've got I hope that came across as intended I wanted it to come across as quantifying the value behind the design service because we don't as interior designers we don't produce a tangible product product we don't make a table we don't make a chair it's basically our ideas and it's very hard to charge for the amount of time that that takes Mm. and exactly like we stated there myself and my colleagues that help me with some of the design work that we do some of the collation some of the research we have so many meetings text messages pictures magazine cuttings all around one particular client and this goes on from the moment that we sort of take you on as a client to the moment it's complete because we're constantly tweaking and changing the design so it's immersive for you, isn't it? You're almost immersed in that person's life while you're <laughs> designing the room. I am. And I do take on them and their life. I've got clients of mine have got a dog. And when we're planning, put myself in their mindset and obviously cater for the dog when we're doing a utility room, putting in various different elements that would be appropriate for them. But then obviously changing it as the design goes along. Yeah. And what sort of things come up as you're designing that make you think, oh, it's changed direction here? That's a really good question. (laughs) It is a really good question because now I'm trying to think of a physical example. I don't think the answer is a physical example. Like when you find pipe work in the wrong place, you do X, Y, Z. What I'm saying is in your mind, you start off with a colour palette for paints and materials. And those are the kind of look and feel that you go with when you're searching for cushions fabrics wood floorings that's what you go with but then you might actually just find one particular item that causes that juxtaposition amongst all that other stuff and it takes you off from slides down a slightly different road and I think that's that's the stuff that makes a designer very very special that kind of the ability to do that and to be able to be malleable and move with your inspiration as opposed to being stuck on no, 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 we've chosen blue and green and we're sticking with blue and green and until the end. So I think that's going back to the post. That's where I'm coming from, as in we think about your design constantly. We don't just create it. It lives rent-free in my head until it is absolutely complete. And whether that project goes on for a year, it's still there ticking away to make sure it's right because we are so passionate about it. 
So me, as an outsider, that must make it a nightmare to um, quantify your hours that you're working on this when it's there all hours of the day. It's constant living in the back of your mind. Well, that's it. And I think that's my point. We don't charge for that time. But I'm finding when I'm speaking to other industry peers that we're all in the same boat. Nobody's charging for that time. Mm. And I feel like we are being massively undervalued and then when we have client meetings and obviously clients want to know you know how the process works how we charge our fees how we charge our time there is a lot of back and forth in us quantifying that and it's not that we you know that's part of the job we're happy to do that and to prove our worth but I think it's it's made hard because neither party understand quite what's involved because it's the not the same every single time Mm. you know it'd be wonderful if we could create a room for Sally and John and then sell it on to Claire and Sarah but it doesn't really work like that no because every design is bespoke and if you came if you wanted that cookie cutter look then why would you go to a designer because that's what you're paying for exactly I think the other frustration I find is there's lots of companies out there that are advertising that kind of bespoke look but for a cookie cutter price and then they're giving a cookie cutter end result so again that's not great for the industry because you know they're selling one thing and doing another so I feel like we just need to be a little bit more transparent as an industry and I know lots of interior designers that I work with and and know of all feel the same we need to keep pushing fighting the good fight explaining what we do explaining the process so that clients really understand and see the value because at the end of the projects the client sees the value but at the beginning when they've got to pay those design fees and they haven't had to go through the aggravation of the upheaval of not having a bedroom and not having a space to be in whilst the work is being done it's hard to quantify and I don't think there's another way of making it work any differently because when you were discussing about how there'll be something that comes along in the design process that takes you off on a different direction to where you thought you were originally going that is part of the design. As I said to you before, it, everything is related to the rest of the design. There's nothing you design in, in a scheme that's in isolation. So it's like a domino effect. If one thing changes, mm. you're going to have to change pretty much everything in that scheme to work with that. So you are caught up in, right. that, in that cycle of that's how your design has to evolve. It can't just be, oh, we can just take out that bit and change that bit. Everything else stays the same. But that then, yes, you're right. But that goes back to what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago when clients dilute the design by changing things too late in the process Mm. because everything is linked. You know, it's like a domino effect. If you take one of those out, then the link comes out of the chain and the whole chain falls apart. So you can do that by the odd few items and early in the process, that's fine. And that's why we often say to clients, this is the first revision. You know, at this point, we can change X, Y, or Z. I give clients two or three options on two or three items. So, for example, wall lights, I give them two or three options. But I know that all each, all three of those lights will work in overall. So they have got that freedom of choice. And again, I've still got freedom to take the design where we want to go. But I think the important thing to remember with that is there's a lot of trust built up. And if you've just met somebody you're then going to be paying them thousands of pounds and you've got to trust them. It's quite a difficult thing to do. So I think like that's where A, a lot of clients struggle because they it's very difficult to have trust in people, especially in the current world. You know, there's lots of people online 
as we said before, that are selling... Can claim to be anything. Can claim to be anything, exactly. You don't really know who you're working with. So I think that's another important point. Now we're out of lockdown, we can go back to doing face-to-face visits. You get a really good feeling for who we are as a studio or who interior design, who the interior designer is. But more importantly, we get a really good feel for who the clients are and what they want and what their personality is. So that's another thing we try to put in the design. So, yeah, I feel like... Um, kind of encompasses what what the post was about yeah I think it does and I think it's a reason that someone would come to an interior designer as I've said to you before the interior designer is going to give you that holistic view at a scheme so they can see that everything like you said cogs in a machine everything is working with everything else Mm. and when you try to do that on your own without having a professional it's much harder to achieve and that's why the design looks so put together at the end where you can tell when a room has had a professional interior designer involved because it's effortless. Well, it's much like a gardener, and we've said this before. So at the moment, we're out in my courtyard, out the back of our house, and we've been planting spring bulbs. And if you were a professional gardener, you'd know exactly what to plant and when to plant it. But we've obviously done our research. We've bought the bulbs. We've planted them. And it's I hate fun. talking about this like we an hour. <laughs> This is not my garden. I know, but you've been helping. You've I been am advising. An official advisor <laughs> on the bank project. On the bank project, exactly. But this is a prime example because it does look nice, but it doesn't look like it's been done by a garden designer because I've got daffodils <laughs> popping up where there should be hellebores. Different heights. The hellebores have crashed over <laughs> into the irises that are popping up. So, you know, that's a prime example. You can get away with that in nature, though. Do you see, there's a certain forgivingness. Oh, I, I think in a garden, when it's too put together, it's a different kind of aesthetic. But True. I think in a, in a room and an interior, you don't have those places to hide so much. True. So... Yeah, but I do see what you're saying. You can tell whether professional has had an involvement. Professionals touch, exactly. Yeah. I think that's it. And again, don't get me wrong, I will finish up on this subject, but don't get me wrong, I'm not, you know, Instagram bashing here or, you know, people that do interior design and they don't do it for a business and they just do it for a bit of fun. You know, I think that's amazing. And some of the spaces that they create are absolutely incredible. But what I am saying is, if you are looking to take on an interior designer to complete a project for you, complete a look, help you with an extension, create a new kitchen, create a new bathroom, then you have to realise the amount of work that does go into that. It's not a case of picking paint colours. It's it's a more in-depth approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, moving forward with this week's podcast, I was so excited. You sound dead. You don't sound sound excited. We'll just cut that bit out. Okay. Moving, you need to say, moving on, you need to be more excited. (laughs) (laughs) Keep that bit in. I need to be more excited. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on, the next part has influenced everybody. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) We need one of those confetti guns. (laughs) Confetti cannons. (laughs) Okay, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are finally going to nail Emma down on influences. No one's using the T word around here. P-R-E-N-D-S. Do not say it around her. Trans baby. We're going for influences. So you need influences. To be, yeah, you need to be seated oh. for this because it's going to be some real meaty topics covered in the next section. Um, oh, it's not a dog food advert. Okay, calm down. I've got you too excited now with the influences. Okay. Now... Tell us about Design Week, what you saw, where shall we start? Right, Design Week. 
Where do I start? Okay, let's start with X. Yeah, I yeah. was hoping you were going to start on mosaic because so, it's the most out there from what you've shown me. I haven't seen anything like that before. Oh, really? So I was over at West One and they were having a supplier display of a beautiful new range of mosaics, which again, we'll put the links in our show notes. And the two ladies that came over from America. And you're going to put the images on Insta. The Im- yes, I will. Yeah. I've already put them up on stories, but I can pop them up. Put them yeah. on, the, on the group because it is... Hashtag it main is, feed. Exactly. <laughs> I think it's grid worthy. It is different. When she says mosaics, just a little aside, she's not talking about 90s mosaics as I thought. I said, how can mosaics be new? Literally, weren't they big in the 90s in bathrooms? But this is nothing like you've seen before. So these are all hand cut pieces of glass that are made into any picture you can imagine and they're not all the same shape no they're not all the same shape they're not uniform no they're not uniform and they're made in different colors of pieces of glass and stone and then they're cut to make a large format picture so the one that i'm going to put on the i'll put on the newsletter actually we'll send it out with a newsletter oh that's a good idea was a beautiful blossom tree with a bird sitting in the blossom tree. And this was probably about five metres by six metres once it's completely finished and installed. The background is on a single sheet and then the, each of the tiles are set together like a puzzle, a jigsaw puzzle. I mean, the work that goes into this How is long does that take? absolutely incredible. Well, exactly. It takes about three months. And you can on site? Ch- or they do it before you come? Before, before to actually create it from start to, yeah. from start to finish. And you can design it yourself. Wow. Um, so this is be- a feature wall, isn't it's it? It's like a feature wall but but not as in sort of set within tile i would say it's something that organically flows behind a bath or you can have it in a shower so imagine like a blossom branch that comes out from the side of the wall and then you've got the bath sat in front and sweeps across that wall with birds in it and leaves and yeah it's a mural in tile yeah it is kind of like a mural um I mean, again, we're not talking about this is great for your family bathroom. This is a very special kind this of piece. This is high end. Yeah, yeah, very high end and very niche. But it was absolutely beautiful to see that. And I can see that that kind of crafting and that attention to detail that you find in furniture for your living room or your bedroom is now being taken over to the bathroom side of things within these tiles. Yeah, because we've talked about, and I think it was last year, about how people were bringing their living room into the kitchen. And that was a real big influence on kitchens, wasn't it? That it wasn't a separate space and you could bring in artwork, you could bring in decor. Well, yeah, because I've been saying this for years, you know, look at sterile spaces with your living room eyes. So Mm. look look at your bathroom with the living room eyes and the same with the kitchen. But it's hard in the bathroom, isn't it? Because you can only have a certain amount of materials. Everything's got to be waterproof. It's damp. So this is a real opportunity to make a feature that... Agreed. And again, the, the other options are not just to have it on the walls. There was another mosaic floor tile, which had been inlaid between sort of a large format tile. And then the smaller mosaics, which are more traditional, were pieces of glass. And they had been shaped into a stripe, which sort of ran around like a bath mat around the bath. And again, we'll put a picture of a that. Like a border. Like a border, yeah. But it was kind of edging the bath just gently sort of lapping over so that was a nice kind of use of that space um yeah and I think you might I can see why you started with that as a tile addict that must have been where you gravitated towards yeah I think that was quite interesting so what else what else caught your eye when you're up there so bathroom wise I think bronzes are are not going anywhere we've moved away from sort of like the brassy brasses 
the unlacquered brass, which is the brass that kind of goes green, is the easiest way to explain it, which is kind of patinas. I think that's here to stay. But bronze in all different forms. So brushed bronze, polished bronze, lacquered bronze. I mean... Go bronze or go home. (laughs) Go bronze or go home. I I think you are still going to see the polished nickel coming through. I think that's going to be bigger next year. So moving on to the next one, I would say in terms of tiles heritage inspired tiles but not british heritage i'd say more like mediterranean okay. so when i say that i don't mean the mediterranean tiles that we've seen that kind of be again are a bit cookie cutter i'm going to stop saying that because i find it really hard to say but off the peg <laughs> off the peg exactly off the peg meg we're not looking for those do, These... you, mean, do you mean not sort of geometric styles that we've seen yeah you know like, i was i think they look like they've been potato printed so when you say heritage tiles i would automatically think victorian tiles but this is not where you're going with this is it no i'm talking about mediterranean tiles that almost look like they're hand painted but in a mass produced format so to speak so they're porcelain tiles they've got that hand finished look and feel about them but they are porcelain tiles so they're an amazing price point and obviously we can get 100,000 of them if you want them. So when you look at original tiles, the Mediterranean tiles, if you were to buy them directly from Italy or Spain, and they have been lovingly restored, there's an amazing company that does that, Maitland and Pope. They actually go in and take up old floors of buildings that are going to be sort of totaled over in southern Spain. So that influence of those Mediterranean buildings and those Mediterranean vintage tiles has now inspired this new kind of range of tiles and the colors are absolutely beautiful they're royal blues reds yellows but very delicate very light touch so i feel like you could actually have these in a cloakroom probably not in a huge bathroom space but in smaller spaces i think they'd look really lovely are they the tiles that have the distressed looks they look like they're vintage tiles printed on them i've seen those before is this what we're talking about here or slightly slightly distressed but not obviously if that Mm. makes sense it's It's very hard to sort of describe it but again we'll put the pictures up in the newsletter so you can have a little look but they were quite a big i think they were quite a nice touch i haven't seen anything like that before and i was really here for that let's have a quick chat about lighting because i think that's quite an important one so should we put a little jingle there like (laughs) lighthouse family or let's talk about light no i mean like (laughs) 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 i'm definitely leaving that in i meant like what's that song you light up my life. No. <laughs> Isn't there a song? I'm definitely fine. Should we say song. Lighthouse Family? Yeah. Because we are gonna oh, be. It hasn't got the word light in it, though. Has forever. It? Oh, I used to love Lighthouse Family. Lighthouse <laughs> 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 Jesus Christ. That is what I was trying to think of. This is not. <laughs> and I've sung it, so we can't get down for copyright. <laughs> oh. Moving on. Let's chat about lighting. <laughs> I think the most exciting thing I saw, the exciting thing in lighting, <laughs> was <laughs> organic shapes. Almost like Impressionist, Picasso-esque. Yeah, Picasso-esque. But like raw metal. So these were Kelly Wurstler, the ones I saw, obviously, Megabucks. But I think these are going to be hugely imitated. Do you know what it reminded me of? Zach's bedroom from Saved by the Bell. <laughs> he had like these gold kind of 
like a, imagine a sheet of of metal that is like dark bronze or brass and it's kind of been folded back on itself. How do you remember and the lights? I don't know. From Zach's bedroom <laughs> saved by the bell. That's just where my mind goes. Crazy. Anyway, that kind of vibe. And um, they were all raw metal, so. Yes, yeah, so bronze, brushed brass, gold plated, that kind of thing. Quite so if, statement pieces. Yes, if you were yeah. having that, it's almost a piece of art on the wall itself, isn't it? Well, they weren't that big, but yeah, no, no, I wouldn't say that. I think it's part of a cohesive look, mm. but um, yeah, I think that's kind of the way it's going. But Kelly West is always a bit out there in terms of her designs. The next thing I wanted to talk about was plaster finish. So I've been a huge fan of plaster finish for the last uh, about two years, just middle of lockdown. We did a beautiful project where we used... What is plaster finish? So plaster finish is imagine, so imagine you created a piece of pottery mm. and you didn't finish it. So it wasn't smooth. It was kind of rough. Mm. It almost looks like... Um, paper mache. Yeah, kind of like a paper mache, that mm. kind of finish. So it's textured, that makes sense. Yeah, like all those cement from concrete, not smooth it, concrete, but cement yes, sort of look. So that's sort of trans, that's transitioned now across to lighting. And again, not straight lines on those pieces. They're kind of... A little bit more organic. So if you're looking at an arm chandelier, they're not all going to be exactly the same size and exactly the same angle. Not too quirky, but, you know, that off-centre kind of look. So I think that's sticking around. That's not really going anywhere. I've seen quite a lot of that. Things that are going nowhere whilst we're talking of that. You got jingle for that? No. Mm. Going nowhere. No. Let's this podcast on. is going nowhere. <laughs> Jesus. Going nowhere. Deep vein marble. I think it's just getting bolder and deeper, if I'm honest. I've seen lots marble of that. Marble has been going for years now. I know. It? It's, well, quartz equivalent, but yeah. Yeah, but I mean, before we had the black granite, and that did not last as long as this, did it? That, no. no. So, I feel like that. But then you have to remember with lockdown, we haven't had a lot of inspiration. So it's I been a pause. It has been a big pause. Things mm. have not picked up speed. We, I reckon 2025 is going to blow the doors off kind of things. Fluting, I, fluting, I think, is not going anywhere. I think it's going to become more subtle and mm. less obvious. We've had a lot of kind of obvious fluting, so I feel like it's going to be more subtle. And then the final thing I was going to chat about is kind of woods. So mainly for floorings, I'm seeing a lot more bleached woods, so like driftwood, sand, biscuit kind of tones. The oak warm tones are not going anywhere. Obviously, the yellowy oak, avoid with the orangey know, pine and yeah stuff. yeah that's never yeah. gonna uh, never back. gonna come back but i'm not seeing as much of the dark woods in terms of the wenge for the floors we had a lot of that dark wood two or three years ago and i'm still really passionate about that i don't feel like that has going to date because it really does ground a space however i feel like the light woods are kind of coming through but you have to be quite careful what you pair that with with the light woods because the room can kind of float away on itself. Yeah, it can be quite wishy-washy, I imagine. Yeah, you have to have some statement walls with that or some, you know, some heavy drapes or, you know, something So what about fabrics lines. then? You didn't mention fabrics. Oh, I did not speak about fabrics. I have got a little note in here about fabrics. So I have said fluid organic patterns mm-hmm. repeated in deep greens, reds and terracottas. Again, I feel like that's a kind of a little bit of a hangover from last year. Oversized frills and stripes are still very much a thing. Thank the Lord. I love them. Yeah, I love them as well. Frills and stripes, I don't think you can really go wrong with. I think it's just the amount you use them. Light touch, I think. And also, it's like a nod to chintz, but because they're not paired with a floral, because it's with a stripe, it just works so well, doesn't it? Yeah, and also I think it's kind of that visual interest, isn't it? That little It softens as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it gives it that kind of little soft... Soft approach. So, just to make sure we don't miss anything, I've got Emma on the ropes. <laughs> I've got her onto wallpapers. So, 
I was with a friend of mine and she took me up to the top floor of the design centre to a small little studio which you can, as a fabric designer or a wallpaper designer, you can pay to rent by the shelf. So I never knew it was there. So we went up there and there is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Imagine a huge haberdashery cupboard where you can... Uh, if you are an inter- if you are a fabric designer, you can put your fabric in there. You can buy a shelf. So there was millions and millions and millions of different fabrics I've never seen before, and also wallpapers. And it was so interesting to see what was there in terms of how, how relevant it affects the bigger houses. So obviously there we found some beautiful wallpaper that was by a small little Dutch company. Again, it might have been made in the eighties. You know, we just we don't know really sort of the heritage of it. But it was really similar to something that Romo had recently produced. So I thought, actually, it does just show you that everything does come around again. Mm. And I think if you are looking for something individual, I'll, again, I'll put this in the show notes. That's a really good place to visit and have a little mosey through because it will really naturally inspire you because it's not trend-led up there. It's completely... What you're drawn to. Yeah, it's It's a little bit like an like, antiques fair. Yeah. It's sort of everything and nothing. Um, you know, you could go up there and have the most amazing day and find inspiration for five or six different prints or you could go up there and be like, oh, actually, this is all too much. It's not It's not for me. And, mm. and come out. It's what you make of it. It's what you make of it. You yeah. Know. I think you've given us a good run through of the sort of influences that you see coming in mm. um, over the next few months. What's next for Emma Mary Starling then? I have got a big announcement. I'm Ooh. very excited about this. So at the beginning of the year, we set about designing a range of bedside tables to meet a need that has been frustrating me and a couple of my colleagues for the past two or three years. The range of bedside tables will be designed in multiple sizes. They can be wall hung, floor standing, and they can be bespoke, like I said, to six different sizes and seven different colours. And I am very excited about it. So the prototypes are hopefully being made in the next two to three weeks. And then I'm going to have a little focus group. If you're interested in being part of the focus group, do drop me a message. Open for interior designers only, I'm afraid. And then we're hoping to launch those in September for anybody to buy. (laughs) All made in the UK. All made, completely made in the UK. Designed by yourself. Designed by ourselves, hand-painted. I'm not going to tell you who's making them yet because that's an exciting part too. Um, But yeah, I'm really pleased with the end results and I can't wait to use them in some of my projects and I hope you love them as much as we do. Oh, that's very exciting. It is really exciting. Yeah, it is a really nice note to end on. Right, let's pack this up. Let's get the show on the road and we'll speak to you lovely people in a couple of weeks. Thanks, bye. Thanks for joining us and we hope you enjoyed our musings on interiors. I'd love to hear from you. Catch me on Instagram and TikTok at emma.merry.styling. If you've got a project you'd like to discuss, then head over to emmamerrystyling.com and you can book a consulting session with me. Hey.